edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report, I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts right after this. We're waking up to a new dawn in agriculture. A better way, where farmers stop working the soil and start working with it. At Huma, our carbon-rich, humate-based products improve soil health and fertility, deliver nutrients more efficiently, and reduce crop input costs. Welcome to Humic Solutions with a Human Touch. Visit Huma.us to learn more. California's total almond acreage dropped again in 2023, this time by about 74,000 acres, making two years in a row that acreage has decreased, something that has not happened since at least 1995, according to a new report from Land IQ to the Almond Board of California. Total acreage dropped from just under 1.64 million acres last year to about 1.56 million in 2023, even though bearing acres, which includes orchards producing almonds and planted in 2020 or earlier, increased slightly to 1.3 million acres compared with 1.34 million acres at this time last year. But the amount of non-bearing acreage, new orchards planted in 2021, 2022, or 2023 sank about 105,000 acres from 294,000 acres in 2022 to 189,000 acres in 2023, according to the 2023 Standing Acreage Final Estimate. The latest Land IQ California Almond Acreage Analysis continues to point to a reduction in total acreage driven by fewer new plantings and an increase in orchard removals that, according to Richard Waycott, Almond Board of California President and CEO, the 1.37 million bearing acreage in 2023 established a new record reflecting plantings in 2020 or earlier. But going forward, the analysis points to a lowering of bearing acreage in 2024. Orchard removals increased again in 2023 to about 83,000 acres as of August 31st, compared with 60,400 acres removed in 2022 and continuing a trend of increasing pace of removals that started in 2021, according to the accompanying Land IQ 2023 removal update. That contributes to analysis pointing to fewer acres next year and possibly beyond, according to Waycott. In addition, nearly 41,000 acres are classified as either stressed or abandoned. They were included in the standing acreage total because the orchards may have the ability to recover, according to Land IQ. The estimates come from multiple lines of evidence, including agronomic and remote sensing knowledge, robust on-the-ground verification, customized image analysis, artificial intelligence, and more. Land IQ says the 2023 standing acreage estimate is 98.8% accurate. Land IQ's acreage estimates are commissioned by the Almond Board of California to provide statistical transparency and a robust picture of California almonds to industry stakeholders around the world. In 2018, Almond Board of California first commissioned Land IQ, a Sacramento-based agricultural and environmental scientific research and consulting firm, to develop a comprehensive living map of California almonds. The map is a result of more than a decade of research. Thought-provoking educational sessions, a sold-out trade show floor, and a variety of networking opportunities await attendees of the 6th Annual Organic Grower Summit that kicks off today in Monterey. Presented by Western Growers and OPN, it will bring together organic growers and supply chain and service companies, providing them with information and education related to the continued growth opportunities and challenges in the production of organic fresh food. 
A jury in Jefferson City, Missouri, awarded $1.6 billion in punitive damages to four plaintiffs who claimed using glyphosate-based Roundup herbicide caused cancer and other injuries. The verdict came at a time when Bayer is grappling with company reorganization. Plaintiffs Daniel Anderson of California, New York resident Valerie Gunther, and Missouri residents Jimmy and Brenda Drager were each awarded $500 million in punitive damages and a total of about $61 million in compensation, according to court documents from the 19th Judicial Circuit Court in Cole County, Missouri. All of the plaintiffs were diagnosed with non-Hodgkin lymphoma, alleging in the complaints the cancer in their lymphoma systems was caused from their use of Roundup for many years. In a statement to DTN, Bayer said it believes it has strong arguments to get the recent verdicts overturned and the damages eliminated or greatly reduced. Sunview, a family-owned fruit company based in California's San Joaquin Valley, offers a comprehensive organic table grape program and is set to release some new proprietary organic grape varieties over the next couple of years. Sunview offers both organic and conventional grapes, with organic representing about 20% of its overall grape volume. A strong supporter of organic ag, the company has had an organic operation for about four decades. The owner, the patriarch of the family, started farming organically in the 80s, according to Mitch Wetzel, Sunview's vice president of sales and marketing. He was one of the pioneers of the organic grape industry, according to Wetzel. And Wetzel says the company's founding family has been focused on land stewardship. He says they have a drive to reduce chemical use, pesticide use, fumigate use, even synthetic fertilizer use. And they have their own integrated pest management system where they grow their own bugs, their own beneficials, and use them not only on the organic side, but also in their conventional production. Since the 1970s, Sunview has had a proprietary breeding program, which contributes significant volume to both the company's conventional and organic grape offerings. He highlighted two proprietary varieties that are currently available on the company's organic website. They have Stella Bella, which is a green that is a big part of their organic green program. And they have Sparkle, which is a red variety that is a big part of the red organic cycle. Both varieties are defined by their superior crispness, he said, and he shared that there will be a sister variety to Sparkle that's expected to hit the commercial market next year. Within the next two years, he said, the sister variety to Stella Bella should also be available. When it comes to company structure, Wetzel says that Sunview stands out because it owns 100% of its own acres. In addition, Sunview offers a plethora of packaging options for its organic grapes, including multiple configurations of both clamshells and bags. He says they even have some high-end recycled paper baskets. The company's organic grape customer base spans the U.S. and includes retailers ranging from mom-and-pop stores to national chains, as well as a variety of wholesalers. Earlier this year, Sprouts Farmers Market launched Rescue Organics, an innovative new program aimed at reducing organic produce food waste. The only imperfect produce program in a U.S. brick-and-mortar grocer and the first in North America to specifically focus on organic produce, Sprouts' Rescued Organics Initiative partners with multiple growers to rescue organic produce that might otherwise go to waste due to aesthetic imperfections. Sprouts has always been committed to eliminating food waste, according to Sonia Constable, Vice President of Produce at Sprouts. She says starting their own rescued organics program was a great opportunity for them to partner with suppliers and use more of the crop. The items aren't as pretty as what you would traditionally see on a shelf, but they are just as fresh and they taste just as good. For the new program, Sprouts created dedicated rescue organic signage to clearly identify the rescue organic produce in store. She says they wanted to make sure their customers understood this program was intentionally brought in to serve two needs 
help produce food waste, and offer customers a great value. The Rescued Organics program is currently in Sprouts' 130-plus California stores, and Constable says the retailer chose to start the initiative in the Golden State for practical reasons. She says a lot of produce is grown in California, so it was the most natural region for them to kick off this program. Agroplante is the leading manufacturer in specialty products. Agroplante formulates products that rise to the challenge of today's growing conditions. Saline and sodic soils reduce crop yield and cause significant crop losses. Agroplante developed Cation EX5 Plus with growers in mind to manage soil salinity. With multiple years of research, Cation EX5 Plus has proven to be an excellent source of calcium and an effective soil salinity manager. Run it through drip irrigation without any issues. Simplify your application method with innovative and efficient formulations. Alleviate salinity stress with Cat Ion EX5 Plus. Agroplante. Imagination, innovation, science in action. Growers and applicators must follow the new regulations if applicable. These regulations apply in addition to any new requirements or requirements that are currently found on neonic product labeling. And in the event of a conflict between labeling requirements and regulations, the most stringent requirement must be followed. Josh Ram, Director of Technical and Regulatory Affairs for the California Walnut Board and Commission, discussing one of a few important applicable updates to walnut growers in the state. First up on the board, neonicotinoid regulations continue to change in terms of use and application restrictions for tree nuts, including walnuts. Essentially, there may be some requirements not currently on neonic labels that growers will have to follow. January 1st of 2024, the pesticide usage is going to be further regulated. So the the DPR regulations apply to soil and foliar applications of products. A couple of those products of impact, uh, notably, are clothionidin, imidacloprid, and thiamethoxam. And walnut growers, more specifically, use two of these targeted insecticides, clothionidin and imidacloprid against aphids and walnut husk fly, with minor use against scale. The, the DPR has estimated costs and application of alternative active ingredients would increase crop protection pesticide costs. So it's encouraged here that growers talk to their PCAs and look at alternatives and understand the maximum label rates that will be changed here in the coming future. Now, on that topic of product labels, here's an important note. Those product labels are actually not going to be updated with these requirements. So those selling, recommending, buying, or using these products should be aware of the regulations. Growers and applicators must follow the new regulations if applicable. These regulations apply in addition to any new requirements or requirements that are currently found on neonic product labeling. And in the event of a conflict between labeling requirements and regulations, the most stringent requirement must be followed. So what does that entail? So from a soil application rate, that is going to be prohibited. Again, effective January 1st, 2024. Your foliar application, there are maximum application rates and that is at 0.2 pounds of active ingredient an acre per season. And the required timing is 
to be applied only between post bloom and harvest. So a couple things uh, in terms of exemptions from the regulations, an application made to an ag commodity grown inside an enclosed space, insect exclusionary structure netting would be an exemption, an application made to address a local emergency or to control a quarantine pest, an application allowed under an active section 18 emergency exemption, and an application authorized for research purposes to support a proposed amendment to these regulations. Again, the product labeling must still be followed. On top of that, the, the rate that was updated here is also a requirement to be followed. For questions on that, it's encouraged to reach out to your local county ag commissioner and talk to your PCA to review additional pest control alternatives for the upcoming year ahead. RAM also provided updates to the U.S. Climate Smart Pilot Program applicable to walnut growers, which will offer a grant to help offset climate smart ag practices on farms. The specific project is called A Vibrant Future, and RAM said there's up to $15 million available. The goal of the USDA Climate Smart Pilot Program is to facilitate the implementation of climate smart production practices and to develop robust tools to measure of inputs, outputs, and yields and put in place systems for traceability, verification, and marketing of climate smart commodities. The practices that are available for growers to trial include your short season cover crops, nutrient management, residue and tillage management, alley cropping, water management, soil amendments, and mulches. There are some expectations of project participants and for growers, each grower is expected to participate in the program for four years and to commit to the implementation of one of the above mentioned climate smart uh, practices that I just said that the growers will make implementation sites available to data and information collection no more than, than twice a year. Your production suppliers, each supplier or vendor will be expected to participate in the program for four years and be willing to provide technical site-specific support throughout the process. The couple benefits here, among others, are assistance with the development of personalized plans for the implementation of climate smart practices, access to a certified crop advisor and sustainability consultants, a subscription to a software data platform, partial offset of direct costs involved in implementation of climate smart practices, modest cash incentive for participation, and data collected on the site uh, being benchmarked against aggregated data. So having that confidentiality and protection of individual grower data is a requirement and will not be shared with others. And this, this first group, there's two groupings coming ahead with, with people to be enrolled from the grower side of it. The first group will consist of 20 growers. It's first come, first serve. And the second group will be upcoming. Those dates are to be a term determined. Again, the application window is open now. If you have any further questions about getting involved with this program, please contact myself at jrahm at walnuts.org. One more update on the board, the Department of Pesticide Regulation is announcing updates to their statewide pesticide notification system through upcoming workshops. There's a proposed regulation for a system that's going to provide the public with information 
prior to intended application, applications of restricted material pesticides in California. Currently, the applicators must be licensed, obtain a permit, and provide notice to the, the county ag commissioner prior to applications of restricted material pesticides. This proposed regulation would require information about restricted material applications for the production of an agricultural commodity to be submitted electronically to the DPR for public posting through this new statewide information system 24 hours prior to intended restricted material pesticide applications in exception of a soil fumigant restricted materials, which would be posted 48 hours before an intended application. And with these changes and advancements uh, coming forward, the DPR, as you mentioned, is holding three public hearings on the regulations, December 13th in Clovis, California, December 14th in Ventura, and December 19th virtually. They're also, uh, the CDPR is accepting written comments on the proposed regulation uh, between now and January 12th of 2024. So would encourage any growers, any applicators, any group in, in ag or impacted by this to really come out, um, attend a hearing, comments, uh, orally and or uh, written. A couple areas with, with, with of concern would be notified parties, products included, the time of notification, a note on the process, having a, a few different specifics to be filled in and clarified there is going to be important for this system to be successful and understand the impacts and and taking care of the environment and, and all people that come into contact with this. So encourage people to get out for that. The, the California Walnut Commission, we're going to be commenting uh, through our coalition and monitoring this regulation closely and disseminating impacts as they become available. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Charlstrom. Sponsored by the California Walnut Board and Commission. Supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together. USDA has released an updated farm labor report, and USDA Ag News reporter Gary Crawford shares more information from that report. Fewer farm workers, higher farm worker wages. This we get from USDA's latest farm labor report out on Wednesday, and it says that during the week of October 8th, there were, working on the nation's farms and ranches, 776,000 people hired by farm operators. That's down 1% from the same week in October of 2022. Those workers were paid a gross wage, $18.81 an hour. That's up 6% from October a year ago. Field workers getting an average eighteen twenty-four an hour, 7% more than a year ago. Livestock workers pulling in an average $17.19. That is 4% more. During the week of October 8th, hired workers logged in 41.7 hours, just a few minutes less than for the same reference week a year ago. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. USA Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack recently spoke to farm broadcasters in Kansas City about his vision for the future, specifically as it pertains to value-added agriculture. David Geiger has this report. 
Last year was the best farm income in the history of the U.S., yet Vilsack was concerned because half of the farms didn't make money, and 40% of farms that made money still needed an off-farm job to support themselves. So he asked, who got the money? Well, it turns out that if you have farms that sell more than a half a million dollars in sales every year, you are one of 150,000 farms in the country. You're 7.5% of all farms. They received 89% of the income. Now, they didn't produce 89% of the products. They produced about 68%. So they got a majority. They got almost 90% of the income, which meant that 92.5% of our farms, roughly 2 million, had to share 11%. So it's really difficult to get big if you're part of that 92.5%, unless there's an alternative. That alternative Vilsack wants to promote is another option for small and mid-sized farmers, He listened to 89 organizations, including farm, conservation, and environmental groups. Basically said, we need help to embrace climate smart practices, but in order for it to work, it has to be voluntary, it has to be market-oriented, and you have to provide assistance to farmers to basically embrace those climate smart practices. So that's essentially what we set up. We took resources from the Commodity Credit Corporation, as those groups suggested. In fact, we were pretty modest. They suggested we go at $50 billion. (laughs) We did three. We funded 141 projects, and in those projects, we're now in the process of seeing farmers being paid to embrace uh, climate-smart practices. So there's no risk to the farmer. They are essentially going to get resources to be able to embrace if they wish. Voluntary, totally voluntary. Many projects include an arrangement with a buyer where they pay a premium. You've got organic, which is high value, you've got commodities, which is low value, you've got nothing in between. This is essentially creating, if you will, a third type of commodity, which is value-added. These value-added projects is a key part of what Vilsack wants to do. My favorite is the sustainable aviation fuel opportunity. You're not going to be flying in a hydrogen powered plane for a long, long time. You're going to be flying in a low-carbon fuel plane. And that low-carbon fuel is sustainable aviation fuel, and it is a 36 billion gallon industry that does not exist in all, for all intents and purposes today. That's nearly twice the size of the existing biofuel industry. Vilsack says the value-added aspect gives multiple avenues of opportunities for farmers. It's not in lieu of, it's not in place of, it's in addition to. And it gives every producer small, mid-sized, large opportunities that they didn't have before. And we think at the end of the day, that's really important the future of agriculture. Again, Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack speaking to a group of farm broadcasters at the NAFB National Convention. I'm David Geiger. Danun's Horizon Organic brand says it has suspended all sourcing of milk from Texas supplier Lone Star Organic Dairy. The move comes after People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals released a whistleblower's report appearing to show animal suffering and deaths at the operation. PETA shared its findings with USDA and asked the agency to investigate Lone Star Organic Dairy and revoke its organic qualification for any violations that it confirms. Agriculture Dive says that Horizon Organic is the second big dairy brand to be hit by animal abuse allegations in the last several months. Tyler Holm, general manager of Horizon Organic, says they are deeply disturbed to see the videos and photos shared by PETA. The care and welfare of their animals is a critical part of their company and brand values. He says they take these allegations seriously. Danone did not say what percentage of milk that Lone Star contributes to the Horizon brand.
JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcast, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Nut Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Thank you.